exaggeration. Oh, man. Well, but she's like, um, like she's reaching a phase. Like apparently, if you're if you're diabetic and you don't really like take care of it and take your insulin regularly, it damages your brain. Like it ruins your your neurological function over time. It ruins your whole bodily function. Well, I knew it that. completely wrecks your physiology. I didn't know it had anything to do with the brain, though. Bro, if the, if it, it can literally lead to you getting your whole foot chopped off. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, fuck you, but I don't know. Like, for, uh-huh. so, like, 10 years ago, I learned this. Right. Like, they were, they were warning my, especially my mom and my uncle in particular, warning her, if you don't really take care of this now, it's not going to look good 10 years from now. And she here we are ten years later, basically. Yeah, and now she's wearing diapers. She's most of the time she's like out of her mind. She's not lucid. She's, she's oh okay. She's um, and that's why your grandfather doesn't care. It's almost like she's been gone for a while. He now. never cared. Um, like before she was gone, or yeah. Oh, um, why did he get her? I don't know. But already Christian? No. I mean, you know, in New Orleans, people, everyone was raised Catholic back then, but they're not, they don't hold to that. But it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's really bad. She just got rushed to the emergency room yesterday. And, uh, I mean, she's living, but it's just, it's so, it's so odd. It feels like so many times in my life, there's something like extremely bad happening. And the people who should care are just so ambivalent about it. And like it feels like I'm not living in reality. This feels like a bad video game. You're not. You're not. And look, as a member of reality, I gotta remind you that you're not wrong for thinking that. That is definitely the case. Everything you're describing is atypical. That's why I responded incredulously. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? All of your whole life to this point, Mark, has been atypical. <laughs> Me and you both, right? Yeah. And that kind of, and look, bro, that kind of pattern, tortured existence that we have gone through, it leads to you having, like, issues of your own, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm glad you realized that, bro. Like, stuff like this, this, this is not normal shit at all, dude. And, you know, you find ways to cope with it. You find ways to, I mean, even if it's not coping, but you have find ways to deal with the reality of the situation. But it's not always healthy. And you know, I, I just I just don't want to think about it. Sometimes all. it is appropriate, though. Give me, yeah. But I went to um, I don't even know what to say. There's a lot. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Let's just let's fucking <laughs> the show goes on. Oh my lord, dude! Too many ads. That's the way. I'm paying for the for the whole twelve dollar one. I'm getting ads. Oh Hulu? Yeah. Oh yeah, Hulu's a bitch about that too. <laughs> they said you can you can pay and still get ads, bro. It's like paying for cable. But it's on, it's like on demand basically. Think about it like that. Cable I never it should have always been on demand, in my opinion. Cable? Yes. Yeah, there's no reason it shouldn't be. It's like a licensing thing, I think. Well, I think it might be hard to the way the signal goes out, I mean, the, the signal is, like, broadcasted. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't... They would have to broadcast every single show that would, like, as an option to you at the same time. Yeah. 
which you know, I just don't I don't know if that would be feasible, but yeah. You tell me why uh, I went to the bus stop. Really? <laughs> Last time, you did not talk into the mic at all. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a great piece of critique to start us off. Last yes. time you did not talk, why did you speak at the mic? No, like, like this. No, like this. Like, like, this. like this. You put it in your mouth, <laughs> but it's got to be facing you. Make sure the front is facing you. I can't tell which one's the front. It's going to say back. And once it lets. Oh, I might have been talking to the back of the mic. I think you were. I think that's literally what it was. You also probably told me this before, but. uh. You know, all right. Well, this time I'm gonna talk it to the front of the mic, so it's gonna sound way better. Yeah, but uh, you know, good thing we rectified that at the start of the episode instead of after in post. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was your thoughts on that when you went to edit it and you realized this fucking idiot? It's in the back of the mic, and I know that's what your thought was, bro. You're like. Fucking two hours. <laughs> fucking two hours of this nitwit talking to the back of the mic. Didn't I, realize the whole time. I mean, I was able to fix it or whatever. So it's not a big deal. But. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it was all too confident in that, dude. Man, it's funny. They, they really changed this, these bus routes and stuff so much and don't tell anybody. I'm standing at my bus stop waiting. I see the, I see the bus drive, pat, like drive like uh, like a block down, turn on the corner past where I'm at, and I'm like that the same bus a week ago used to stop right here, and they de- they don't tell nobody nothing, <laughs> bro. The bus just be leaving you. It's it's just amazing to me how often the, the bus drivers of the RTA, and like the RTA is a collective, they're really like, yeah, we just gonna we just gonna leave you. I mean, how would they uh communicate that to your average bus driver? I mean, your bus uh. Passenger. They should have like signs and stuff on the buses, or should, or th- those fucking worthless people that stand at the bus stop in their little tents and tarps with their purple shirts. So I thought, look at me, I I work for the RTA, and they and be having their like white uh, New Balance shoes on. You know her, she's got blonde hair. She's like, yeah, I work for the RTA. She should be walking around telling all of us, hey, these are the new stops for this route that you just got off the bus at. They should have forms, and they did right, mm-hmm. but they didn't do a good job of this at all. To the point where I basically just had to figure it all out. So, you know, after I saw my bus drive past here, I'm like, well, I guess it's going to be a minus $17 type day. Ugh. <laughs> Hop on the Uber. Yeah, yesterday I spent $56. <sighs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. That's not bad, Mark. That's sad. It's, yeah, it's sad. It's bad and sad. Oh, my goodness. And, uh... Ooh. Tomorrow I gotta spend another fifty six, I guess, going to the office of fucking civil whatever the fuck. Oh, but you gotta spend money to go to the jury duty shit, huh? Yeah. They don't even give you enough money to pay for that. They don't. They give you fifty bucks. You gotta pay fifty six to get there. Plus your time. You actually are paying them. Just that's your civic duty, bro. My civic duty. I don't. I don't understand the professional jurors. Why don't we have that? <laughs> like what? How would solve this issue? If some someone's Mark, we we literally have seventy year old politicians in office still. One problem at a time. All right. All right. You talk about professional jurors. We still got demented people in office. 
The mint, literally, the minted rapists are still running for president. Biden, Biden is a spry seventy nine. A spry. Why you assume I was talking about Biden and not the guy that's like on record for uh, you know coochie grabbing? Oh, Trump. My fault. Coochie snatching, snatch snatching. You know what I'm saying? That's all alleged and hearsay. Alleged. That's all. That's all. He said it. He literally said it, though. But it was. It was. It was a. It was a podcast type riff. It was a podcast type riff. He he was just riffing and rapping. Yeah, with his boys. (laughs) Bro, it's funny. Uh. They always talk about locker room talk this, locker room talk that. As a member of a football team in high school. <laughs> when did this happen? Huh? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, what did you say? I would say, like, when did that, when they say locker room talk, or like, when did, the, what, what <laughs> locker room talk? Bro, y'all locker room in? talk was literally, damn, bro, your ass looking kind of fat in the tongue. Locker room talk was us fucking jamming out to shake it off by Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's, it was. Before game. It's being gay, basically. Literally. <laughs> like, <laughs> Locker room talk was finally having a, a vulnerable moment with just guys being dudes. You yes. know what I'm saying? And they talk about some sexism, this misogyny, that we wasn't flying with none of that. Yeah, it's like the examples of like uh, I mean, they used it for obviously for for Trump used that as an excuse, but there's another politician like a year later did like the same thing. I think it was a mm-hmm. uh, it was some Democrat, but they say locker room talk. These people never played sports. I know, huh? It was like Donald Trump <laughs> playing playing basketball, even at like a young man, would look like a fucking horrendous sight. It was like, uh, I mean, Donald Trump's like six three. Yeah, he's tall, but he's like, uh, he's not. A, he has no athletic. He like Nate, basically. He's like Nate. He doesn't <laughs> stop move name dropping oh, people. On, stop name dropping, dude. Oh, sorry. I'm that bad. guy's an inspiration to hoopers everywhere, though. Yeah, he balled out. Fuck. I distinctly remember, bro, like somebody got earrings, right? You know, they get, got their ears pierced. And he, he comes to practice that day, and they just start tearing into him. Oh, you looking cute as hell today. Oh, he got them earrings. Y'all see him? Y'all see him? Well, I can take a bite out of him. I'm, I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord, dude. Not lie. Homoerotic behavior is for sure like a pastime of every football player. There we go. Yeah. Look, you texted me some uh, some oh, yeah, topics. Yeah. Topics. I low-key forgot about all that, bro. I remember I had ego depletion on there. You said really? something about Kendrick Lamar, and I was I was thinking last night. Uh, it's like the cultural relevance or cultural impact Kendrick yeah. Lamar, and I was like, he must be like the most popular rapper to have like zero cultural impact. Ooh, that's a hot take. His he and I, that's not like an indictment. None of us say it's an indictment of Kendrick Lamar because I think it's intentional. Mm-hmm. Is that musically, musical like influ- influencing like sound oh, of various genres? Kanye blows way, him out the water. Way, way more. Uh, even Drake, bro. Drake, J. All, Cole. Even all these fucking Scott Storch, the uh, Dr. Dre, all these producers have way more impact. Pharrell has way more of a musical impact. I don't even know his actual name, but the mustard on the beat guy, DJ Mustard. I don't know. Mustard on the beat, ho. For sure. Every every old like every like early twenty tens rap banger was made by him. DJ Khaled had more of an influence. Yeah, on DJ the song. Khaled had more influence. You're right, dude. You're so, right. but I, so besides that, because I think Kendrick Lamar would even admit that. But culturally, it's like him being championed as some like like the black musician. I felt a while ago, it's like he's like the 
what's it called the apotheosis mm. of of like blackness black expression through music yeah that's what i was gonna get at and it has very little impact i feel compared to i mean dude have you have you ever talked to a white person about rap music they will quickly tell you how much they love you. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it has a culture impact <laughs> no I'm, i was making a joke bro oh. that literally like uh he his his influence is being clouded as the conscious black rapper that everyone likes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, he makes conscious music for the run of the mill listener to enjoy, and he also, I think my act, what I actually enjoy most about Kendrick Lamar's music is that he's a rare case of a black rapper that's speaking to blackness, but like not about it. He is speaking to black people in a lot of his songs. You know what I mean? And like relating his experiences to them and how, you know, how similar things are for all of us. You know? Yeah, I feel like he's been champion for not having unique insights on anything, but just being having better music while saying the exact same things that past yeah. people in the past have said. Yeah, and, and, and that speaks to him having a, a very strong background as a, a jazz uh, enthusiast, not necessarily a jazz musician, but an mm-hmm. enthusiast for sure. And being well acquainted with all sorts of people from that come up, you get me? Yeah. And I don't know. He from from the beginning of his career, Kendrick Lamar like never wanted to be mainstream. It seemed like, you know what I'm saying? And it's it's strange that he gets so much recognition for it, but he really is one of the only rappers out here that was just like doing it for the art. You get me? Yeah. And I think that's what is so. Uh, that's what ameliorates him to so many people. You know what I mean? And what's more, like to me, it just there's times where it seems like he very obviously resents being like like a totem for people because he's becoming like a thing that he not said necessarily criticized before, but like either the pimple butterfly or the song in '95. And I forget the song on Dan, but there's been times where it's like, why do y'all worship false idols? Y'all keep just exchanging white faces for black faces mm. instead of being like, there's more to culture than just consumption of yeah. various media. Mr. Morrell, the big stepper is a very consistent theme in that album is fuck the culture. And like he speaks about what the culture has done with the culture, right? The monolith, yeah. the culture, has done for black people, which is what, Mark? What has the culture done for us? It's gotten us shot while we standing outside a line at Foot Locker trying to get some J's we can't afford. You know what I'm saying? It's got us trying to carjackings, uh, the glorification of drug dealing and stealing. The culture has done more damage to black youth. I wouldn't say the glorification. I mean, you could say it's attempting to glorify, but I feel like the culture is more like um, it is greasing, it is desensitizing you to these this imagery, to True. these to these things. So when it happens, it's not like the apocalyptic uh, thing that it is, the tragedy that it is. It just becomes oh, it's, uh, it's the culture. It's just another thing on the news. Yeah, bro. So when, so when some, somebody is gone forever, you know, oh, he on a t-shirt, you know. Yeah, I was listening. They that, love you when you're outside. This, that's like that's a Kendrick Lamar line. He always he's, he references a lot. You know, there's just a line in the song. The one in front of the gun lives forever, man. Yeah, there's also this line in Jada Kiss song 
we gonna make it and it says uh the best thing for your rap career is me killing you <laughs> so he gonna, and when the i the, and i don't know the ad lib was like you gonna be all right though <laughs> <laughs> yeah bro and, i mean i <clears throat> i've been following Kendrick Lamar for a very long time right like when I first got into music in general, it was Kid Cudi, right? It was the first yeah. musician I ever like listened to a whole album. Was a big fan. It was Kid Cudi. It was Ellie Goulding. It was Taylor. Swift. <laughs> big mix there, right? Some Kanye West. Like it's a lot of mainstream stuff, but especially like uh, getting into that like that uh, that loner music. You know what I'm saying? That was mm-hmm. Kid Cudi for me, right? And when I was like, oh, I like rap, right? That's what I learned about myself from listening to Kid Cudi. So I'm like, okay. Who is a rapper I should listen to? Right at the same time, Good Kid, Mad City comes out, right? I never heard Kendrick Lamar on Section 80, but I knew it was time to listen to that album. You know, I ran it, and it was like the story, and because he had like, they gave so much context and livelihood to the characters through his rap, right? Mm-hmm. You know, his, his friend Dave that got shot, uh, what's her name? Keisha? Keisha, the prostitute. I can't remember her name. The, 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 I'm gonna call it the chick from the, the song "Sing About Me." That was like mm-hmm. getting getting thrown down, getting like you know having sex, so she can get some ease, so she can numb herself to the life that she had to live. Yeah, like uh, the 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 brothers in the interlude speaking the to the um the grandmother, right? The, the, the monolithic figure, Big Mama. You know her, bro. You know her. She real. Is that what I think that is? Lord God, I come to you a sinner. You know, you remember this? This interlude? I humbly repent for my sins. It was like just a bunch of like hood dudes just like uh, saying a prayer together. You know what I mean? Like, it was like it, it all felt very real. And it was my first introduction personally. So that was towards the end of Sing About Me, that song. It was uh, a that, that was the interlude in the beginning of one of the songs on the album. I listened to it recently for this uh speech but it was it was in one of the songs in the beginning and it was like in sing about me also oh. i'm tired of this shit i'm tired of running you know what i'm saying that, that was like his uh violent reaction to his brother being killed like well now we gotta go spray them down you know what i mean yeah after they had already prayed on it you know what i'm saying like they was trying to get out of that like you know how it goes but um that was my first introduction to real like narrative style rap you know what i mean there's like like Kanye, when he makes a song, it doesn't feel like a narrative. It feels like it's just, it's so all-encompassing. You get what I mean? Yeah. You sing all the way into it. It's not, it's not biographical. That's a good way to put it. Kendrick Lamar's music feels biographical and very, very descriptive and real. If you want a, a, black experience. a song like that from Kanye, I think a song called Roses, and that's like, I think that's my favorite Kanye song. It's Never this, heard that. It's like describing. It might be late registration, I think. And it's like describing his like. Uh, I think it was his grandmother passing away. Oh. And being in the hospital with her in her final days. Another one like that is uh, St. Pablo. If you ever heard that song. I haven't listened to that album. Yeah, that's the title track off of that album. It got released like three months after the album dropped. Mm-hmm. You can believe that. That's some Kanye shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, I mean, the opening line of that song is, my wife said, I can't say no to nobody. And at this rate, we gone both die broke. 
Got friends that ask me for money knowing I'm in debt. And like my wife said, I still didn't say no. People trying to say I'm going crazy on Twitter. <laughs> like he, he literally, it's just like it's like long form stream of consciousness reflections on the life of Kanye. You kidding me? I really like that song. It's one of my favorites. Also has a Sampha feature, and that guy is just good. Who? Sampha. Sampha. I don't know if I know this person. Oh, he's amazing singer, dude. I would definitely recommend. He's one of those things that just like some people just have a one of a kind voice, and you know whether it's like especially good to you it's buttery and it's different you know what i mean it's at least not that regular senior type stuff all right i'll look into that i will what do you think mm-hmm. about um i was looking at this this post somebody made on reddit it's like it was a picture of candace owens and it was a picture of kanye in a maga hat and it's like what do black people see in this why are they doing this and you know the comments were all like they're just trying to be controversial. They're trying to be popular, or the grifters, or whatever. What do you? What Remind do you me, know? a grifter is what? It might be what a grifter is. What? Remind me, a person who's you know playing a trick on you for money. Oh, like con artists. Yeah. Okay. And I was, I was like, what, what do you, what do you think about that? Because, it, because of me with Kanye with the MAGA stuff, it's like, yeah, who cares? It's Kanye. Kanye West is literally diagnosed bipolar, untreated. I don't like it, when people bring that up. It has when it comes to this. I understand that. I'm just saying Kanye West is literally I think that that needs to be said. First off, <laughs> Kanye West is literally bipolar, untreated, has gone on record since to be like, I don't know why I ever supported Donald Trump. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been deluded, <laughs> but uh, it could lead you to be a MAG fan. <laughs> you get me? Yeah. I mean, he's quoted as saying that the hat had dragon energy. He likes the raw power. The raw, I mean, think about it. You put on a red hat, and all of a sudden you get to be a villain? You know, that's awesome, right? Like, in a way, it is cool. I like it. Hmm. Maybe I should go buy me one of those. And just, like, maintain my whole persona, right? Brawling black man, nice big afro, and just throw a MAGA hat on top of it, bro, just to let them know, oh, yeah. Yeah, the MAGA hat is dark cappy from Mario Odyssey. Literally. <laughs> Literally. It's like a freaking Kirby transformation, dude. You get all kind of new powers when you put it on. But uh, I, I think it was like a, not necessarily a grifter. I wouldn't say Kanye was. was Candace Owens, I could definitely see that angle. Definitely for Candace Owens, bro. People, all of these, all of these, these female Republican pundits, it's very typical for them to be, you know, sock puppets. Yeah, I just, found, I just always found it so odd. Like, if you like, what is her name? Is it Lauren something? Ingram, Tommy Lauren? So, oh, oh, Tommy Lauren. There's a lot of Lo- uh, <laughs> Lauren's out here. Is it Tommy Lauren? She's like a Fox pundit or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, dude, she's been at it for a while, just fighting a good fight against women on TV. Yeah, it's great. Um, there's I mean, there's a, <laughs> yeah, a million great. interchangeable blonde women on Fox that are doing that. They keep they have the ranks uh, well stacked. They yeah. recruit better than the fucking actual army. <laughs> you know that they are recently. I think it was a Supreme Court. They ruled against having a uh, an age limit or having a high school diploma as a a requirement to join the army or any branch of the military. They ruled against it, as in you don't need one? You don't need one anymore. Why would you? I don't know, maybe. What is the Army for, Mark? You trade your life for a livelihood. It's, uh, I think we're getting, we're getting so, we're getting so, uh, like they're scraping the barrel because they're having such a hard time recruiting because who would want to sacrifice their life for America? Yeah. 
um, we're like we're gonna the whole military is gonna be McNamara's uh, morons. Mm. <laughs> this is gonna be just. I mean, dude, uh, you know what craps is, right? Craps. You know, you know, yeah, you know about shooting craps. That's, I know about shooting dice. I don't know what craps is. That's the, the name of the game that they oh, play. Really? They shoot dice. Yeah. Okay. Craps. But uh like shooting craps is like that, dude. It's like you just pull up. Anybody can be part of it. You roll the dice, you get the money, right? But don't win the first game, pick up the money out the pile and then walk away. You might get shot in the back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't join the military and expect to be treated like a human being. What will be the next like big like Afghanistan or Iraq level war that America gets gets into. I don't know, bro. I'm really hoping we don't have any more wars. There's gonna Russia be- setting a bad example, but uh, I don't really get the idea of playing around with war when there's nuclear weapons involved at this point. Oh, what should we call? They want to go to war with Iran. They want to do this for decades now, and it's just going to be seeing like less competent troops dumb dumber troops eat the same defective aircraft that keep crashing like all this going against like a fucking just beast ass like iran's like drone stuff they've been they've been like selling drones to like both sides of the ukraine russia war <laughs> and they're just fucking each other up like these drones are like 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 uh like super destructive Apparently, I've been watching videos of it. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take your word for it. Apparently, they're proven to be very effective. And so they're not going to have the air superiority necessarily like how America always does. Yeah. So I found that very interesting. And uh, Iran's geography is like a fortress. So have fun uh, invading <laughs> mountains and stuff. <laughs> oh, man. But they want to do it. Why can't we just be satisfied with what we got at this point? Because there's, not, there's nothing here. It's Nothing illusory. It's I keep illusory. telling you, bro, this is the land of more. We got everything. We, we got need. a lot of stuff, but there's not a <laughs> lot of uh, purpose or conception of what a life is. Oh, Lord. We don't have any of the philosophical like underpinnings for a healthy society. Say it again. Say it again. We don't have any of the underpinnings of a healthy society. Testify. Testify. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's just... It's just so typical of America, man, that uh, we we have all the stuff. We don't have anything we want. <laughs> and the citizens are also scared. Yeah. They're, they're Like, you know, we were just talking about, like, emotionally in our lives, we're going through some things that have been tough to think about. And there's, like, our parents who had, they had to, like, uh, have very tough conditions to go through every day of that economic precarity, that relationship stress sometimes yeah. and all this. Like, every day is such, it's so, mm-hmm. and that's bunch of people, tens of millions of people go through this, right? Yes. That is difficult. That is very difficult to like live a whole life and not kill yourself. Not even come close to killing yourself. Um and but at the same time, you you have the bravery and stick-to-itiveness to get through that and have a family through that. People can't even conceive of ever really standing up to the government in a substantive, organized way out of just pure like fear of interacting with like-minded people because they never really done it before and i find that very interesting it's funny this this is this is a phenomenon that's pretty well researched in psychology where people like for instance the whole idea that there are many 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 black people who have never spoken to a white person many 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 white people have never spoken to a black person substantive substantively at least right and how is that possible 
Cause because America's we, like 95% segregated. Yeah. I mean, still you see these people on a regular basis, right? Yeah. There are plenty of black people doing service work around white people on a regular basis that have never spoken to them. There are plenty of white people who like work in places where black people are typically being served or like, you know what I'm trying to say? It's even like, it's not as uncommon as it should be. It's like even like it's not even just in segmented parts of society. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the reason this kind of divide exists, I would say, is because there's this like generic demonization of all people separate from you that is like inherent to humans. You know what I'm trying to say? And when you see your group, your people, your struggle as uniquely your own, it is almost like gratifying in a way. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's almost like they enjoy being separate in their struggles. You see what I'm saying? Hmm. Like poor blacks and poor whites, I feel like have a lot of the same issues going on in their they lives. They have all the same issues. It's literally all the same. They also they're all caused by the same people. They they also they get like killed and like fucked over by the police. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. All that, exactly. Like when when the cops pull up for a domestic domestic violence dispute at the trailer park. I don't know how it's not spoken about often, Mark, but they go in there bussing. You get me? Like <laughs> when they anytime a cop goes into a hostile environment, it's very likely to end up with dead people who are not cops. You get me? Yeah. And the demonization of people and like this 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 otherness that we always confer on to people that don't look like us, people that don't we don't know personally, right? It makes it to where for me to interact with you when I feel like I'm have my own struggle and to speak about mine with you and then to be related in our struggle, it's almost sad in a way for that to happen. You know what I mean? It it like deprives me of my melancholy. You see what I'm saying? Yes. You see what I'm saying? I like they would rather wallow in their sadness. We as a collective would rather wallow in our sadness. They come together, acknowledge that it's been fucked up for long enough. And there's things we can do about it. And I would say that is uniquely American. There's some other countries <laughs> I would say that that happens in, but I would say that's pretty much uniquely American sort yeah. of thing. We don't. I don't know how to really put this in like relate to mm-hmm. this because I, well, I do think it is related. Of the old idea, uh, the dipshit idea of like Jeffersonian democracy, the philo- philosophy uh, behind that being. We're going to basically have... Jeffersonian, like Thomas Jefferson? Yeah. Okay. Or George Jefferson. Yeah, let's get George Jefferson democracy. <laughs> um, we have Thomas Jefferson was like every... Like basically doing feudalism, except there's no lords. We're going to have an agricultural society. We're going to gonna prevent city dwelling as... Le- as uh, like keep it as low as possible. Freedom can only be land ownership and you working your land with your family and sometimes we come together to vote. But the whole point is you want to be away from the city. You want to be away from politics. You want to be away from this and have your own little part of the universe. Yeah, that's the that's the southern fantasy right there. Um and so I feel that that uh, that hasn't gone away even though at the time he was saying that it was being proven wrong and something that can't happen because <laughs> the the America was industrializing as he's saying that. Yeah, I was just about to say, is everyone being a farmer future proof? 
That doesn't seem like a sustainable. Like if he said that in the 1400s, like he'd be like the greatest revolutionary <laughs> in, in Europe. But it was 1805, and we gotta get this fucking cotton spinning, you know? Yeah, bro. We ain't gonna spool it ourselves either. So, but that's still that philosophy of like having an aversion to not just politics but sociality mm. is like it's still there. But for it's for different reasons, obviously, it's not conscious. Yeah. It's just like you know the extension of like how the nature of uh, America's capitalist development has like made so much stuff transactional. Yeah. So like, I, mm. that's know. a good point. I don't know. It's a good point. Uh, something else that I feel contributes very strongly to this problem. There's this platitude in America and this understanding that we are a melting pot, right? Like, at its conception, we were all about letting a bunch of, like, ne'er-do-wells and misfits come to this place. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just people, like, putting their life in a bag and moving across the fucking ocean, which is even crazier back then than it is now, right? Yeah. All sorts of immigrants from all, you know what I'm trying to say? And then, like, we're, like, winning and stealing land from all manner of people to get to this point, right? And, like I said, it's melting pot, right? But I feel like it's a lot more like a damn, a, a bad, ugly fruitcake, bro. It's extre- it's like a, a very heterogeneous thing, right? Mm. There's very separate parts. They're all very fragmented with the way we live our lives and go through the world. You know what I mean? And it's the way people want it. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I was just watching... Uh, hilarious youtuber bro this guy he he uh he started a youtube channel he just asked people to let him into their house right he's like i my family my mother was american but she moved to spain so i don't know what america was like i've only heard the stories who wants to let me live in their house for a week so i can see what america's like in your neck of the woods and of course they have a real down-to-earth black lady from nola <laughs> and I no lie, I see this woman's house. I'm like, ain't no fucking way. That's that's up the street. <laughs> no joke, right? Wow. So this guy's like, it's like she. I'm pretty sure he was in New Orleans Eighth or like the Lower Nine. Like it yeah, is yeah. very recognizable area. And he was here like during Mardi Gras or whatever. I'm only bringing this up to say, obviously, there's like a huge level of tone deafness. To hey, let's come enjoy Mardi Gras. What's it? Let's see what it's all about. And then she got to let him know. It's a lovely city to tour in, but to live here, I got to get up out of here. And yeah. she already said she'd been living here for 30, 40 years. She still got the mentality, I got to get up out of here. That is cr- I was just having this conversation with the Lyft driver. <laughs> people people have been living here for decades and it's still, still like, like trying to get up. still saying, oh, I can't wait till I get up out of here, little, baby. Little do they know they got that life sentence. You ain't getting out. <laughs> you ain't getting out. It was it was sad to see, dude. It was real, and like uh, that was an example of like people. The, the 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 guy like he's from Spain, bro. He don't know nothing about black people or New Orleans or our culture, nothing like that. Yeah. The the lady she said the reason she did it is because she don't know any white people, and he seemed like a an honest guy trying to make an honest attempt to like make a connection. You know what I'm trying to say? So that's yeah. why she did it. She don't know. She's been living in this city for 30, 40 years as a service industry worker, right? Yeah. Don't have a single white friend. And that's not that's normal here. That's yeah, normal. She no. was even saying, she said, this is the crazy thing about New Orleans. Like this street right here could be Killville. And then two blocks down, you're gonna see like nice white people. She didn't say white people, but I'm gonna say it. Nice white people walking their dog, pushing their kid in the stroller. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. 
and the cops pull up when they call. You know what I'm trying to say? It didn't just up the corner. When they bang, bang, dead kid. I didn't literally seen somebody, Mark. I didn't see it happen in real time. Yeah. But I didn't see blood on the concrete. You get me? And I ain't, the Cops ain't show up. Cops never show I I know that people have died near my <laughs> house, right? And, like, their blood stain is on the ground. I don't know what happened to the body, where they went, what happened. I don't never see no detectives come around. I don't never see no police tape. I don't never hear no sirens. It's like all I hear is gunshots. When stuff like that happens, it, it makes you the, the body just despawn because I, 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 like no <laughs> medics came, the pilot, the, the uh, police didn't come. Nothing. It's like, not even like GTA, bro, where they pick his dead body up and put it in an ambulance and drive off. Like it didn't. <laughs> like he's suddenly back a few days later. GTA has it where like the guy just got like. This is fucking pulverized and perforated with by a minigun, and the medics come to try and like do like yeah, CPR. Was, yeah. <laughs> and then he just like gets up and starts walking away. Oh my god! Uh, but I was gonna save the the New Orleans stuff yeah. for the for the public one, but whatever. I was uh, in the lift with this lady, uh, and she was talking about how we was talking about like the crime or whatever, and I think how like New Orleans is like on uh, pace for like. 300 something murders this year or something and how like this is no place to raise a family and all this and i was just uh i always feel bad about shitting on new orleans because i hate this city but i know people like it but it seems that most people also live here also hate it the people that like it don't live here a lot of the time so i feel like i feel like a lot more open now just about shitting on it and then (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, she was telling me the story about her son goes to thirty five. He plays he plays football for thirty five, and says, "I'm scared." You know, this next Friday they play in Carver, and every every function at Carver there's a fight. At the graduation, it was three fights that day at the graduation. <laughs> so I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't, I don't even know. I was I'm... just about to say too. To speak back to my point, people want it like this. It's not even just the 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 people in the well to do area. They got plenty of black people who hate the whole idea of like. Not being in their bubble. You know what I'm saying? Like, to them, like, living this grimy street life is cool. You know what I mean? I mean, it's cool to survive it. I think that's the appeal, that you survive it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you wouldn't choose to live here. It's like the same way you wouldn't choose to live in the bad parts of Chicago. But it's you're cool for being able to navigate and survive. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But even on that same token, bro. If they really thought that it was like uncool to be here, all these people could have been gone by now. But a go where though? Like it'll be a lateral move. <laughs> I mean, it will be a lateral move. Okay, let's put it like this: they could go somewhere and work the same jobs they're working now, get paid more money, have to spend less money than New Orleans. If the only places I feel that would be like a, a average New Orleans person could afford. And also be a better uh, existence would be one of those smaller towns in Texas. Just cheap ass house, cheap ass giant house, no income tax, but you do have to drive literally everywhere. You can't walk anywhere. But Texas is like the only it's the last bastion of affordable, like like a raise a family type cities. You go to you go to anywhere up north. The rents are rising and it's also dog shit. Imagine, imagine living in PA, Ohio, <laughs> dog shit, Meth Valley. <laughs> uh, 
But I was looking at Georgia. Nothing's, nothing's funnier to me than the way that, like, super rich areas end up becoming the slums because they got nothing better to do than drugs. Oh, imagine living in California. Absolutely barbarian. Ooh, Anything woo. west of Austin is bar- is barbarian country. In my, <laughs> they're, they're my visible. I was going to bring up the Midwest, though. I think that could be a viable thing. Mm, I don't know about that. You need a lot of money to be living, living nice, in my opinion, up there. But... Uh, the, the exception of that would be some cities are, like around the Detroit area are very nice. Mm. Um, and look, in any of these cities you named, it would still be less likely for you to die on the street. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but you know, there's also other aspects to the to the crime. I guess it'd be less likely to get carjacked in all these other places. But yeah, I'm trying to move to. Todd, uh, I think it's Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. What would you describe as like? It's not nationalism, but I get. I mean, maybe, maybe that is the word for it. But how would you describe the general sense of unity that countries have? Because I feel like it's not here in America. We don't necessarily have that. Like I said, our uh, our cultural identity is tied more to our roots than to our country. Whereas in other places, since they're way more homogenized, they are. Tied to their country, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm, I mean, it's still, uh, it's still. I would say like, uh, I would just call it unity. It yeah. could be uh, nationalism doesn't necessarily mean it's a unified nationalism. Mm. Nor does it. Uh, what's the other word? Patriotism. Yeah, patriotism. But that doesn't word. mean it's also uh, unified. I would just yeah. use the word unity. Yeah. Why do you think that there is such a lack of unity in America? Uh, because over the past, like, especially when like like we all generally agree, bottom like sixty percent of Americans, we we pretty solidly agree that this shit ain't working out, right? Yeah, it's like over the past fifty years, every every everyone's telling you, like all everything in the media, everything in the history books is telling you the world is getting better and that America is the good guys and that this country is getting better, but your life gets worse and worse, generation to generation. Yeah. Why? Why would you? Why would we be? And then everyone, like of like, let's say that sixty percent agrees with that statement. They recognize that at a deep level, but that sixty percent ends up becoming splintered. And how? And who? And who they choose, or what line of thought is going to solve this issue? Some people think it's going to be Trump. Some people going to think it's the Republicans, but not Trump involved. Some people think it's going to be the Democrats. Some people think, you know, fuck this. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to be on my hustle grind. I'm going to do Lyft and DoorDash and do work my call center job <laughs> for my car. Stop, stop, stop. Some people. Nothing like the grinder mentality. You have no capital, dude. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, your capital is your car. <laughs> Mark, that doesn't count as capital because you have to be in the car <laughs> to make it work for you. You see what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Capital is something that can accomplish things without you having to put work into yeah, it. Yeah, maybe uh car is not capital, I don't think. I might be wrong. I'm always possibly wrong. But I mean I don't think saying my car is capital is a strong business thought. It's it's capital it's not capital because it's like for personal use and it doesn't really make you that much money. But it would be capital hypothetically. Like it it's just it's sort of like uh it's a it is capital. Because like a factory is capital, even though no, no one could work it. It's just dead capital. But like if you lose use Lyft and you're not making that much money, you're just doing like a bad job <laughs> or you're in a bad location to make your capital like work mm-hmm. for you. But you still gotta work it. Like a a, a farm doesn't become capital just because you hire a serf. 
you can also work it yourself. Yeah, true. Um, true. So I guess a car would be capital under that under those. When you're using it, that it could be when you're selling it, it's a commodity, mm. and you know stuff like that. Um, I don't think it's useful capital. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Useful capital is like a building. It's bullet trains. Huh? Bullet trains. Yeah. Useful capital is like a rundown building that I can make people pay me $1,000 a month to live in. That's useful capital right there. Yeah, probably. I I can make that work for me. I can make those people work for me. (laughs) Take a 12th of their yearly income. (laughs) (sighs) Good stuff. Fuck. I'm uh let's see what the other topic that we got here. I can't even fucking find it. I was gonna talk about nah I'm gonna wait for that. Uh ego depletion, what's that? What's ego depletion? Oh, ego depletion is ba- so it's funny, we were just speaking about the early morning grinders, right? You know, they're just like the ducks, they need that bread. Bro, the, um, the whole idea of ego depletion is basically that you cannot influence your maximum capacity of willpower, right? And so, like, there's this this idea, this very toxic mindset that if you just work harder, grind harder, um, allow yourself less indulgences, incentivize your own behaviors less. Traffic Romanian women more. <laughs> that That will all somehow lead to you being able to do more. Mm-hmm. An idea of ego depletion is that you are, in fact, trying to maintain just enough comfort to give your life, you know, to not make it a trudge. To, you know what I'm trying to say? You don't want your life to be a sludge the whole time. Yeah. And basically, every time you exercise willpower or you motivate yourself to do something you don't want to do, you deplete some of your ego. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's a finite amount. And this is why, like, just factually speaking, you can't do everything all the time forever. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because living like that is not conducive to a health, a healthful workflow. You see what I mean? Yeah. Because even it's not even just in reference to whether things get done or not. It's like it's harder to do things that way. Like, if you're the guy that's like. Let's say you're trying a new diet, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to start a new diet and start exercising every day and start a new job? Like, and, 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 you know what I'm trying to say? And have a kid. And have a kid. You know what I mean? You got to discipline them on a regular basis. You you have to now be a role model 24-7. You literally got eyes on you and everything you do in life. That's low-key the, the, the strangest thing about being a kid that I would hate. <laughs> like, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. It's like, now that you have a kid, you are their number, whether they know it, you know it, or either one of you are, like, aware of it, you will influence them in a way that no one else will, because you're their parent. Everything they see you do, it's, like, tenfold, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's why you just gotta do, you keep them blindfolded. Every time you take the blindfold off, you're doing curls. (laughs) (laughs) Kid's gonna be jacked by the time he's 13, bro. We've had some of them kids at the climbing gym that have clearly been lifting for way too, like from way too early, and I'm like, is he eight? Kid <laughs> <laughs> kids got like size nine shoes, doing like six, seven, eight pull ups in a row. Nice, crazy stuff. 
crazy stuff. But yeah, um, it's funny. Basically, it, it is a, a psychological idea that lends credence to the whole idea. I need to treat myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> my my ego depleted. I need some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's my, that's what I really like about it. Is that it, it's like it's actual some it's some actual factual backing. For the whole idea of indulging yourself, right? Girl, my ego depleted as fuck. I'm about to take out this payday loan. We going to Cancun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get me, bro? It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And it's like, uh, basically, the denying yourself pleasures does not increase your willpower. It just makes it harder for you to have any left to exercise. You yeah. see what I mean? Your capacity is your capacity. And like motivation and uh, what is it? Determination, I guess. Being able, being able to structure your life choices and what you put your energy into is the skill. Not like having more energy. Not waking up at four a.m. and going to sleep at three a.m. That's not what makes you better at life. <laughs> it's having a life where you get to work for four hours very intently and accomplish things. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And they know this. The the, the the rich people on YouTube telling other people that they need to get three jobs and be an Uber driver. Like, you're sitting down right now. Why, Mark, actually, why did I think why did I think about it, Mark? Why aren't you an Uber driver? I don't have a driver's license. <laughs> I got too many DUIs. <laughs> oh, Lord. Why, why, why aren't you walking for DoorDash? <laughs> walking the door. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> like, you pick up people's DoorDash orders and you just walk it. Wouldn't it have to be so close that it wouldn't take an hour? Take an hour. How long would that take? How long would it take to be a DoorDash walker? Yeah, like if, like right now, if I wanted to get something from like, mm -hmm. I don't know, some place that's five miles away. I don't know, bro. I guess you gotta run. Like, would that be acceptable okay. to take well, an I don't hour think walk, and a half? Walking is a thing. Biking is for sure. A thing. Oh yeah, of course. Biking. And in a lot of places, it would be well, faster well, to bike. Why don't you spend some? Why don't you invest some money? Invest. Some money, get some capital, a bike, and become a DoorDash hustler. Mark, why don't you do that? I don't know. Let me rewind this. This was a brutal kill right here. Let me go back one. <laughs> Let me go back. We watch the Sons of Anarchy for the people who might be listening. It's like, oh, yeah, you think you all going to be cool now? You didn't see nothing. You know how I know you didn't see nothing? How? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Shot him in the throat. Yeah, it wasn't super gory, but that's just the idea. So mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, I guess I could be uh, could give me a little bike and DoorDash me some. <laughs> Door DoorDash uh, the college. Man, no lie. Now that I think about it, maybe I'm wrong for even saying that because I got a skateboard. I could literally bring people their stupid Uber Eats orders from the. Community center here yeah. to their dorms. You could all you need since you already have the the uh, the skateboard. You need a grappling hook to get on back a car, so you could do even faster, bro. You need a gra grappling it's hook. Funny, like yeah. sketching is a real thing. A what? Sketching. That's what they call it. like it's called skateboard like skateboarding plus hitching. Sketching. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What do they call that? A pair portmanteau. Portmanteau. Okay. Yeah. They um they literally just hold the bumper. They need a grappling hook. They would uh. 
you should get one like the Yu-Gi-Oh this thing on your arm. This is the main way people die by skateboarding, by the way. It's of not course. jumping up fifty foot ramps. It's of holding course. onto the back of cars. Because like it's, it's not going down hills at seventy miles per hour. It's holding onto the backs of cars. No lie. And how would you even control it? Even if it's driving fifty <laughs> miles per hour and it breaks, you could like just <laughs> crash your like crack your skull. Yeah. Bro, I always tell people like y'all really underestimating how fast like. 15, 20, 30 miles per hour is. You know, 30 miles per hour is like the minimum speed to have a fatal car crash. Like, that's the speed where it's like fairly likely. Like, if you're going 30 miles per hour, like, oh, I'm just moving through the neighborhood and you crash into like a pole, you can die. <laughs> you understand that, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> it's way faster than people realize 30 miles per hour. I mean, easy, easy frame of reference, right? Think about the fastest that you've ever ran in your life. Probably nowhere close to 20. Now imagine if you ran face first into a brick wall at that speed. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. And I'll be like, I'll be like in car with people, and I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a backseat driver, but a lot of people don't have respect for the danger of driving, bro. And I'm like, you take that current kind of fast at 30 miles per hour. Oh, this is the other That's not that fast? What you mean? What do you mean <laughs> that's not that fast? You crash into another car going 30 miles per hour, head on, boom, 30 miles per hour this way, 30 miles this way. What happens? Break your neck, clean <laughs> off. You break your neck, bro. There was my, my I was talking with my grandmother before we recording, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the things, and she's been doing this for like the past 15 years, is the reckless driving has been getting a lot worse. She has. Why is she still driving if she has these? I'm two degrees away from having any, like, I, I don't have direct contact to her, so I don't know. Yeah. But um, she, 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 when I used to, like, take drives with her, like, even, like, four years ago, she would be going so fast on the Crescent City connection. <laughs> she, it was just, like, and she over here drifting and trying to do all the, it's, she's like a. <laughs> she's like a race car driver. She's doing, like, a F1 style <laughs> Like techniques on the Crescent <laughs> connection, and we don't know why. And she, she just gets, she just reckless. She's merging in off the wrong time. She's a stereotypical like a horrible New Orleans driver, but just totally just born out of just being a crazy old woman. And my sister's like, I can't drive with you anymore. I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was. She used to like pick me up every day uh, during that summer. I went to football conditioning, uh-huh. and it was just like a. <laughs> I'm happy that we don't have to take a bridge. We just take, we just stay. <laughs> yeah, stay on the ground. Because oh my goodness, dude, the whole idea of swerving in and out of traffic, I've always felt is very uh, it's, it's exhilarating, obviously, right, for the person doing it. Yeah, sure. But risk reward, bro. Why, can't pick a different struggle, bro. Why, why don't you just like drag race or something? You know what I'm saying? I don't think I know anything about that. Oh, you mean do drag? That's that's probably exhilarating. Oh, that would be exhilarating. <laughs> do drag. Um, but, but my father, you know, like the Six Flags, the band Six Flags, that that mm-hmm. long road, my that long road in front of the Six Flags, my father would like just go like a hundred and twenty five. <laughs> but no one's there. There's no risk really yeah. of crashing. But it was like, oh my god! I feel like I'm on a spaceship that's launching right now. <laughs> like this is, this is a horrible feeling. It's not exhilarating. I've only gone like over 100 miles per hour a few times. Like once in like a back road, uh, back when we at UL, mm-hmm. like I've gone past 100 miles per hour in the car, right? And it's a great feeling. I won't lie, right? And I've thought about this recently. I'm like, wait a second. 
Think about an ultra car, right? Like a Bugatti. Literally can go up to like 270 miles per hour, right? Something like that. That is literally almost three times the speed where you're going so fucking fast that any normal person in the passenger seat would tell you to slow down. You get what I'm saying? Like, if I were in a car with you, right? You didn't even know me, right? Like, I say I'm an Uber driver and I'm going 100 miles per hour on the highway. You might be like, hey, hey, please slow down, right? Now, imagine going like three times that speed. What is that like? I can't even imagine. And all those videos where like uh, there's multiple pe- like people carpooling and the one person starts speeding up really fast. All you hear is like, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, I-, I couldn't even imagine going 200 miles per hour. It felt like you if you ever like because like the, the way you've been on a roller coaster before, right? Yeah. And you know how like you're going real fast, like down a slope. It almost like you can't breathe because it's going so fast. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would start happening even though you're inside of a car with the windows. Yeah, you would literally be dealing with G forces at that point. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah, I put that on a bucket list, bro. We got you and I got to get in a Bugatti on like a test drive or something. Get get it to go up to like two fifty. I'm not trying to do that. That's not an experience <laughs> that I want to feel. <laughs> now, bucket Dude, list. It's, it's weird to me. Hmm. Like, uh, I am an extreme sports person, right? I've done parkour, skateboarding. Like, I climb on a very regular basis. Yeah. Like, I do things where it is guaranteed pain, right? I feel like that very well fits into the extreme sport category. It's painful to rock climb? You fall, like you're going, like you're going to fall. That's, okay. like, that's that's why I say like skateboarding, climbing. I would say those are extreme sports, mostly because you will fall. Mm-hmm. Anything that you do and you know that you're going to end up in the compromised position, that's probably extreme. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like for instance, fighting. Like yeah, it's a controlled scenario, but you're literally going to get punched in the head. It's an extreme sport, right? Well, would football be an extreme sport? Every yeah. sport besides basketball and golf would be extreme. Nah, I don't think so. You wouldn't say hockey is the extreme? Yeah, I would say hockey is. But every sport, like baseball, yeah, bro, a lot of sports are extreme, I guess. Maybe you're right. But I think extreme, the category comes more from, like, the daring aspect of it than, like, the... The likelihood of, of the of the risk you're taking. Yeah, it's like your fact that you're... Like, when you play football, you're not expecting to get mollywopped and whiplashed every single play. Yeah. Right? But when you go and skateboard, every time you do a trick, you're expecting, okay, if I don't land this trick, what's going to happen, Mark? The board is going to fly that way. I'm going to fly this way. Yeah. I'm climbing, right? I'm climbing like a 20-foot boulder. You can't have ropes. It's too low. If I climb a 20-foot boulder, right, I'm 15 feet up on it, and I miss a hold, what happens? That you're daring, right? You know, if I mess this up, I'm falling. Yeah. Skateboard, right? I'm on a fucking ramp, right? A half pipe, 30 feet up. When I fly into the air out of this half pipe, <laughs> if I go a little too forward out of this ramp, I'm falling. Now I'm really falling this time. You yeah. get what I'm saying? And that's what that's. I think that's the extreme part of it. So maybe you're right. Like uh, combat sports wouldn't necessarily fit into that category. But I don't know. I think they have the same sort of respect for them. Because like, if I don't win this fight, I'm either gonna get choked out, put in a, like a nasty armbar, or literally just I'm gonna be asleep. On the mat in front of many people. <laughs> yeah, the worst, but I feel like the worst, worst outcome in it, like a UFC fight is the combination of ha- going against somebody who is a bad, um, 
who is not sportsmanlike at all, <laughs> is like punching you through the stoppage, and the ref is also slow. <laughs> so like you're getting, you, oh, dude, you I've get, definitely seen that where they're literally getting punched while they're unconscious. Yeah, there was I forget what you head was, bobbing off the mat. I forget what UFC fighter is, but you probably know. But like wrote he wrote like a book of just like his childhood, like a whole memoir or whatever. Um, and he was talking about this fight where like it was like the end of the first round and uh he was really fucking him up. So the other guy knew he was gonna lose. He, like he's not coming back from this. He just he had a he was uh on the ground, he's like, Take take the arm, just take the arm to end this. And the guy, the dick dickhead, was like Oh, I'm not doing that. He and he ended up bashing the skull in for like another round and a half, instead of just taking the arm in the first round and just winning. Oh my lord, bro! And then it's like a, it's like a, a ego thing too, because like you're allowed to tap from strikes, right? But pretty much no really? one does that. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. get punched in the head hard enough, you can definitely say, "Please stop punching me in the head," and it'll like the ref will stop the fight. Where do you tap at? Like, what does that look like? It's the exact same as when you get tap when you tap from a chokeout or anything. Like you're laid on the ground, right? Oh, on the boom, ground. Boom, 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 I thought it was like standing strikes and you tap. Hmm? If you get knocked to the ground and you tap the mat, you're yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah. stop the fight. If you I tap know. the mat at all, it's a wrap. But no one's doing that, right? Because it's pride on the line. I do it me. If I was if the guy is literally on top of me, I'm getting punched in the head. The like the lights kind of spinning, you know what I'm saying? The 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 eyes are closed and the tunnels getting getting wider. I'll just tap. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no winning anymore. Yeah. It's very rare you'll see somebody come back from like a full amount beat down in the middle of a round. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's odd because I'm a lot less scared to like go against a professional fighter in UFC than I am in boxing. Because mm-hmm. that's like we're just boxing. We're only con- we're only doing concussions. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. <laughs> <coughs> only snapping your neck back. Yes. UFC. Hey, you. You you, and you always have the, the, the edge of being able to like grab them too. Well, I don't think I think in a professional setting I would not. As soon as I even, it'd be like that. Uh, uh that quickest fight in UFC history. Mm-hmm. I just get one step close to you and I'm just done. I just get kicked in the face once and I'm done. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's, it's like the UFC equivalent of RKO out of nowhere. Sure, yeah. Like the Jose Aldo McGregor fight. Uh, I don't think I don't know if I know that one. McGregor, it was, it was like the championship fight hyped up forever. Jose Aldo had been like running the whole division for, I think, a couple years, and Conor McGregor laces him in like thirteen 30 seconds. seconds. Thirteen seconds. I'm gonna say thirty. It's thirteen seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you. We literally can watch it in that time, bro. Go to sleep, or like one of the Ronda Rousey classics. Yeah, they they stand in the middle of the ring. They touch gloves. They go to their side. She literally runs to the other side of the ring. Judo flips them, puts them in an arm bar. Game over. You love to see it. I forgot why. Did he, why did I bring up extreme sports though? I was gonna say I was gonna segue that into something, but I forgot. Fuck. I can't think of it. But you know what? It's this is the other episode now. It's the free one, so we gotta get on our shits. All right. <laughs>